welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where we talk about the concept of bravery or braveness. You can pick a word, you'll soon find out which one is my favorite. This is the second episode, more than one episode in one day. It took me more than a year to launch this after my initial idea, but I'm doing three episodes in one day. Boom! Did you enjoy the first episode? Did you enjoy me coming in and adding things to the conversation in post-production? Well, I didn't. I could have gone back and edited that out, but I wanted to see my creative process in action. Either that or I wasn't lying when I told you I was lazy. What I have learned about recording podcasts is how hard it is to keep an eye on all the tacky bits, the time running, everything that can go wrong, and still be able to keep an exciting and engaging conversation with your guests and remember what you want to ask next. Add to that remote recording, not having the guest in the room with you, an internet dropping out, and you got yourself a nightmare. That's why there will be no consistency in the length of the episodes. Just trying to keep you on your toes. Today's guest is Ariane Anantabutri, who I asked to introduce herself. Hi, I'm Ariane Anantabutri. I'm a comedian, sort of, a filmmaker, sort of, writer, sort of, um, and I am currently in Indonesia. And I will add to that that you're also like a podcaster because yeah, you, you have like two podcasts. Yeah, I do do this, yeah. Uh, Slips my mind. <laughs> I like people to introduce themselves because yeah. I think it's weird to just like introduce someone um, when they're right put out credits. Yeah. So I like to know what people will tell me about themselves, <laughs> but then it's also nice to throw them their facts yeah. at them back. It's like, ah, <laughs> that's true. I also <laughs> did that. Ah. I also start by asking people to give me their own definition of bravery and like I've been telling this to people because I think bravery is such a like a weird mm -hmm. word that has so many connotations so I don't like it uh, necessarily and I say braveness a lot instead of bravery which I know is not correct <laughs> but I like it better so whatever you want to define whether bravery or, or braveness how would you define it? I think bravery is acting despite fear or acting alongside fear I'd say at least is what I've decided to define it as <laughs> in my own life. I guess. Do you think you are brave? Um, sometimes. I think I'm brave. Um, like a couple of months ago, I probably would have said yeah. But now I think I'm like, oh, actually, I could be a little scared. But it's all right. Like, I'm only human, you know. But yeah, sometimes I am. But I wish I was a bit braver. Yeah, I think like that happens to all of us, yeah, right? Uh, but like, if you, as you were saying, uh, bravery, braveness, whatever the word, uh, is acting despite the fear. So... And I'm like, fear is fine. We all feel fear. Mm -hmm. So what is your the story you are sharing with us about a, a moment where you have been brave or out of your comfort zone, if you don't like saying you were brave? But you said you were brave, so I'm sure you have like an episode of bravery. I guess. I think I'm the kind of person who will be brave whether I like it or not, or someone who sometimes I kind of like need the push to be brave. Like I'm not really a person who avoids stuff, but I'm also like, if I don't need to take the risk, why would I? Which is, like, you know, in, in the culture that we live in now, it's a bit like the idea that safety could be cowardly is a bit annoying to me. But an instance wherein I've been brave, I think, has a lot to do with the last couple of months, like the last six or seven months. Because I, you know, after not landing any, like, major jobs or anything that could have kept me in the UK, I sort of just decided to go home, which is a huge, it was a huge, like world upside down moment because you kind of I had to pack up my whole life in London and come back home to live with my parents which is I'm really lucky to just to have like a roof over my head and have work here and there but I think being able to deviate from any plans that I've had um at least in this like 
span of time has been sort of definitely a learning experience where I did have to be a bit brave and sort of try new things and put myself out there and stuff like that. That was very general. Yes. I'm sure last time we had a we had a better discussion. Full disclosure to tell to let people know that we have recorded an episode of this podcast together before <laughs> maybe a year yeah. ago when I first had the idea for the podcast mm-hmm. and then didn't do mm-hmm. it because uh, I only recorded that episode at the time. Yeah. But now I'm fully focused on it and I have already a few episodes to like on record it to to launch so this time it will be true but last time your episode of bravery was about moving to like a whole different country and just starting life all over again so now it's like the next episode of that which is going back home how is it different um i think at first it was really hard for me to find my footing and get used to it because i had a lot of my freedom in london like i could just go out whenever and when we were still allowed to go out (laughs) Yeah, I could still go out, see my mates and be out all night and come into work the next day. And I had a lot of my own financial freedom and creative freedom. And um, I come back home and I'm out of a job. I'm living back with my parents. And it was obviously like really nerve wracking because as like a young person who's only recently gained their quote unquote freedom to have it sort of, you know, dulled down a bit is that jarring it was really it was really like it was really hard for the first couple of months um because then there was a whole sorting out all this disgusting admin stuff that they make you do once you leave the country and you come back into the country um, and then it was like you know job hunting and you know just worrying about the future in general but then I think I hit a good stride being like you know what whatever happens will happen and then the world sort of got put on pause and you're kind of just like actually like all right like we'll see where it goes I think I've learned to sort of loosen the reins on life a little bit and not like be such a freak can I swear on this yes I will add that to the email (laughs) because I felt like the last episode the person was also trying not to swear (laughs) yes you're allowed to swear yeah sweet thank you um no it's like you just try to yeah stop being such a fucking control freak all the time because I feel like that's also a thing that comes out of fear, I think, like the need to control everything. And I think it does take a bit of bravery to just be like, you know what, things may seem like they're spiraling, but actually you're okay and you can make do with what you got. So I think it just, that's, that's it just made it me been. realize something that is true. It's like, yeah, the lack of control brings fear that's why yeah, yeah that's yeah. why you tend not to do things that you're not sure what the outcome will be because <laughs> it can be yeah. terrible but it can be awesome yeah. you're also like one of those people that like whenever there's something new to try you're like if i'm not good at like good at this on the first go like i'm not doing it at all uh, i used to i feel like i've changed a little yeah, bit so, um yeah. yeah like if i tried something and it didn't work i wouldn't kept keep trying it yeah. uh and i wouldn't do things uh i wouldn't necessarily know what should happen if i did them or even like little things like i've learned how to ride a bike uh, a bicycle like in the last two years and i was very afraid of doing that before because you can fall Mm -hmm. but like if you fall you get hurt get back up yeah so it's not like horrible (laughs) you know what will happen you will fall and get hurt and you'll probably fall (laughs) if you're trying to learn how to ride a bicycle but yeah i I still don't go into traffic so that's my next fear oh it scares me especially in london i can't do it because like I don't know what it is I think it's the buses that freak me out the most because like they've got their path and they're going one way and they're allowed to go in other lanes as well so you're kind of just like I'm not out here trying to get you know flattened by a double-decker bus so I'd rather just walk like very brisk and i do get like panicked when i'm on the bus yeah. for cyclists, cyclists out of the bus because the, the bus just gets super close to yeah, them so i think all of that makes me scared to try traffic 
how did coronavirus and the fact that the world is on pause affect it, it made did it make things easier for you that in theory everyone is like doesn't know what's happening <laughs> so everyone is um, on the same boat yeah. it's it's really strange because it's one of those things where i think on some days there are its ups where it kind of just like oh i'm so glad i'm really lucky that i don't have to go to work right now at other times it's like it's it's it does feel disruptive but at the same time um you kind of wish that other people would realize how disruptive it really is in, at least in the sense that like i go out to the shops i'm wearing a mask i'm keeping my distance but i still see people not wearing their masks that happens in public places all the time i see it on other people's instagram stories that they're out here like going to restaurants and stuff just in large groups and i'm like i'm terrified um so i think the effect that coronavirus has had on me is a lot more paranoia like than i usually have um but like warranted like um, i live in like a multi-generational household so it's like if if i go out and i bring something back it's on me because the people i live with are at risk and i'm a bit ill now so i've sort of like isolated myself to my room because i went to get my phone fixed a couple days ago but like no but then in terms of like yeah we're all in the same boat nobody really knows what's going on i tend to forget that a lot like i'm learning now that like oh actually yeah no we're all in the same boat everybody's sort of struggling and even people that are working or not or doing things or making things or not it's like there's this underlying anxiety i think of just like yeah we don't know what's gonna happen the next day like and is the virus gonna mutate are we gonna is the government gonna do something stupid like it's always just I a gamble one of the things yeah. you said there i think it's actually not a gamble it's certain that the government at least the uk government will do, <laughs> do something, something stupid, stupid. Yeah. so you know that that's like you can expect that yeah. <laughs> i don't know yeah, how great, the, the yeah. situation is there uh, <laughs> if your government is implementing like normal measures or <laughs> if they're just like oh, you know maybe wear a mask maybe you don't it's a <laughs> it's 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 like a over here it's what i've observed is that like we have these like daily briefings which are so dystopian if i really think about it and like the speakers are great and they're very informative but it's always a thing of the, after the briefings are over you get like six different headlines of different areas in the country that have gotten worse with like how they're handling the virus or some that are doing really well and then in the capital where i am it's like everybody's like actually we're not gonna ease up lockdown restrictions everybody go back inside it's like you couldn't have just than that earlier <laughs> save everybody some pain um yeah it's it's all very like am i watching a cartoon am i living in one it feels like i don't know it's really insane to sort of look at institutions that are supposed to which i think is a recurring theme throughout the whole year is like looking up to institutions that are meant to help you or protect you and it turns out they kind of have no idea what they're doing and they're like really selfish this thought literally just crossed my mind but does the fact that no <laughs> one literally no one knows what they do what they're doing uh, is that comforting in a way does that make you braver does that make like yeah you don't know what you're doing no one knows what they're doing is that comforting to know that no one does in terms of like the government Yeah. no but in terms of like me personally and day to day oh yeah of course that's like what's really getting me through this it's like i can do whatever i want and i don't know what i'm doing and that's fine like i used to have this insane anxiety of like if i don't have the next five years of my life planned out i'm done and if i don't hit any of those milestones or marks i'm a failure i'm, I'm done for like there's no going back to that and then just having to sit down and just be like actually no it's fine you don't know what you're doing but neither does anybody else and that should be a 
enough like you're doing your best and so is everyone else and I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for doing our best or doing what we can just you know on the days that are a bit shit so you know yeah it is comforting that was a yeah. long-winded way of me saying it's comforting <laughs> yeah. uh, it just it also made me think like for for me like this uh, period has made me like just the same with this podcast it just made me like put out things faster because I think mm -hmm. I feel like I tend to be perfectionist yeah. or, or whatever and think always think oh this is not good enough oh maybe mm -hmm. like other people are doing better things I'll just put it out because uh, uh, you don't know what will happen tomorrow yeah. so I guess in that sense um, it helps to know that everyone is in the same boat uh, I also like for the first time in my life um, I'm in my 30s I decided to do the actual five year plan just like at the beginning of this year and it's all gone which is nice I won't do it again yeah <laughs> it's it's wild this is like the first genuinely the first year of my life where I have no idea like I don't have a plan for what's up next like that was what I was like when I came home for the first time I was like I do not know what I'm doing I think I did stand up once throughout the time I've been back and then it's just been like either work or just being at home taking care of a family how But, is the yeah, like comedy there is there a stand-up circuit uh yeah there there is a circuit um there's a circuit for uh both languages and interested enough for like english and bahasa i did an english gig and it was like it, it felt like being back at the open mics i used to do when i was 19 uh like it's just dead but i had a great time and i got laughs so that's what matters right <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, there is a scene. I think everybody's pretty tight knit, but it's, uh, I feel like there's still a lot of like, I wouldn't say prejudice, but still sort of like a side eye towards a lot of female comedians, even though there are a lot that are coming out that are just absolutely smashing it. But yeah, it's it's kind of a real boys club here. And have you done uh, stand up in like both languages? Um, no, I haven't done it in Indonesian. I've written jokes in Indonesian. I just haven't done it yet. It's, it's again, it goes back to the whole bravery thing. Like, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable in my mother tongue sometimes. And I don't know if I'm funny in Indonesian. So it's just like, we'll see what happens. Like, we'll figure it out. Like once this is eased up or once they start doing Zoom gigs, I'll be like, hey let me try this five minutes <laughs> i do relate to that massively i've done stand-up in portuguese once yeah. and i basically i added like a few portuguese specific jokes but it was basically mm -hmm. my set my english set translated yeah, to portuguese yeah. with like uh, a different in like timing and whatever i uh, updated for mm -hmm. that but it is very different uh, yeah timing the, the language timing is so different I, and i think english is so easy timing wise because it's a, yeah. a a simple language and i also feel like and i don't know if we chatted about this uh in the last podcast but since that's not going to be released we can repeat what we said yeah. uh, <laughs> i i feel like i'm a different person in english and in portuguese oh yeah for sure so I'm, i'm like that i think in english i'm a lot more like brash and bubbly and I'm a bit more blunt in English, um, which allows me to sort of say whatever I want on stage. But in Indonesian, I'm very like, um, I'm, I'm very the way my grandparents raised me. I'm very quiet and composed and speak when spoken to. But at the same time, if I'm around people that I'm tight with, like, yeah, people that I'm close to, if I'm on set, like, I'll be a bit rowdier, but not as like rowdy as, as like my brother and his friends would be because they're like 17 and this is what they speak every day. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's not necessarily like a cultural difference. It's more your own personal difference uh, since Maybe you're not yeah what were you uh, saying yeah because you, you said your brother is rowdy so it's not necessarily yeah. a cultural difference it's more like an not individual are you more confident in, yeah. english? in english i am 
think. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely like my safe zone. Like the stuff that I've been writing, all I've been writing is in English. Um, but the you know the setting can be in Indonesia or wherever. But I'd still be writing English, and I'd be just like, "Girl, just you just give it a try. It's okay. It's gonna be fine." And I had to deal with that earlier in the year because I was working on a project where they needed somebody that's, that you know spoke both languages, and I thought I was gonna absolutely fuck it up um, in the worst way possible, especially via text. But I actually ended up translating most of the things in English back to Indonesian. So I was just like, "Oh, actually, no, no, you're fine. It's okay." <laughs> So yeah, again, like just giving it a go despite being like scared out of your mind. Is, yeah. yeah, that's all about. I am way more confident in English. Uh, so yeah, I don't, yeah. and I haven't had the opportunity to like actually properly go back to Portugal and try s- stuff there. So I don't know if I would be able mm. to bring my newfound confidence into my Portuguese life. Uh, so yeah, I'm interested to know how that will work out for mm. you. What about? Um, I was actually quite curious to ask you because is it a cultural thing in Portugal? So like the difference between your personalities as well. Uh, I don't think there there's some some stuff related to like religion and Catholicism that I think mm. may be cultural and may make me act in a certain way in Portugal that I wouldn't hear. But I think it's more that I most of my life in Portugal has been spent in a small town where everyone mm. knows everyone, so it's like you're being observed all the time. And yeah. if you do do shit your parents will know about it and that was not even my problem because yeah. i ne- yeah. was never like out doing shit but yeah it's like that weird thing i remember my sister <laughs> used to wear like jeans with holes in them because it was trendy uh-huh. at the time in the 90s and Still people all uh commented <laughs> she probably was doing drugs because she wore <laughs> uh, like holy uh, jeans with holes and laughed a lot so yeah that's a sign that you're probably doing drugs i love i love the correlation between ripped jeans and drugs because it's like yeah no I spent all my money on like drugs so I can't afford new pants <laughs> that's actually like a, maybe a um, good explanation yeah. I don't know if they were even being that <laughs> rational <laughs> <laughs> these are the thoughts i have in my head on a daily basis <laughs> but yeah no i totally get you like i wasn't really the type to go out and do shit either but i would on occasion and now that i've returned from uh, my life abroad wherein i do do shit all the time i'm a bit more cautious now like you know my social media presence has been a bit quieter or like i would make sure to have my friends in the loop on stuff just being like hey i'm gonna be here but if my mom asks i'll be here like um and sort of making compromises like okay i'll be on i'll be home by midnight and that's it or like if i'm later than that i'll say to friends so it's it's yeah no it's definitely like a lot of cultural tiptoeing yeah I guess. it's also like i guess very different to live with your parents or live by yourself whatever the situation is yeah, if you were living sure. by yourself there some of those yeah, things wouldn't be, be so yeah, yeah. We'll be yeah. Fine. <laughs> what do you miss most about the uk oh God. and that's not related um, to bravery but whatever we can <laughs> go on tangents we can, we can what, weasel yeah. it yeah what do I miss most about the UK? Um, I miss my friends. I miss stand-up. Um, I miss being able to walk everywhere. Um, I miss being able to get on a train to go out into the country. Um, what else do I miss? Um, other than that, like, <laughs> you kind of, in retrospect, right? London is great and I adore it completely, but it's such a tough city to live in. Like, it can be such a go-go-go sort of, like, hustle city, but at the same time, it can be terribly lonely. So, yeah. 
yeah, I, I don't miss like being away from my family and stuff like that. But I do miss being around my friends and taking the tube because it was there, you know, like taking the bus because it was right there. And it's yeah, and th- you can never be bored in London. Yeah. I think there's always something to do. I think that's like what I'm. Are you? Are you in London? I'm right in now? London right now. I I spent oh, okay. two months in Portugal because I went to visit my parents mm. just before lockdown hit and I couldn't come back. Mm. Uh, and it, it was yeah. actually great because I was able to be in like a bigger house with a garden than stuck inside a, yeah. a flat in London. Uh, are you in a city where main transportation done by cars? Individual yeah, personal cars? Yeah, everywhere you gotta drive here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I like we share mm. a car like in my household. When I was going to work I would commute so it'd just be like well, we also have this like ride share thing when you get on motorcycles and stuff so I would get one of those to the train station train station go to into the city and then just yeah use the same sort of app to get around um, but other than that yeah definitely cars like you have to drive here everywhere our traffic is notorious um yeah that's the kind of place this is yeah like that's that's a, a cultural difference and i guess i'm basing my cultural uh uh evaluation of the uk in london so maybe it's not super correct yeah. but like in portugal everyone or almost everyone drives because that's the main form mm. of transportation and when i first moved here i sort of missed driving and i still do because i love dri- i do love driving but it's so nice to not have to drive and to just like sit somewhere it's great. And half an hour later you're in the place you want to like, be driving gives me so much anxiety that's the thing like driving requires a lot of bravery here in Indonesia because it's like oh god if I don't go fast enough I'm gonna die if I go too slow I'm gonna die if I, like you know if I get pulled over by a cop god forbid it's just all very like anxiety inducing so I think it's yeah it's like the same that you were saying earlier like going into traffic on a bike like being in a car in traffic when you are part of traffic I feel like is also very I always felt protected by the car and I know it's dumb but I always felt protected like a bike is so you're you're there like your body is there in the car you're protected by the car it's like I'm in this big piece of metal you cannot hurt me even though like car accidents freak me out I was in a car accident when I was like nine I think so by then it was kind of just like oh okay cars are you can be destroyed so you're not indestructible (laughs) (laughs) no I'm not driving again I'm kidding I will (laughs) What is like the most uh, out of your comfort zone thing you've done during your time in um, London? During my time in yes. London? I would say um, it's between starting to do stand-up and what else? Oh, and um, asking for promotion at work. <laughs> like Those are two big ones for me because I'm a baby and I, I don't know. I feel like I've taken a lot more like personal risk in terms of maybe like dating a lot more people might have been like also quite brave just sort of putting myself out there but um yeah those are those are the ones that i think started because doing stand-up was like it's crazy it's like you you get that all the time i think we've spoken about this before just being like yeah oh my god you're a woman doing comedy that's like so brave i don't know how you get up on stage and do that like oh my god and i'm like but you just do though (laughs) i do think like yeah but it's funny because uh you're you're a woman brave and just feel yeah. like man going on stage and not having any jokes and like they're brave because they're just there and they have nothing to say <laughs> you're so it's brave true. so brave oh my god you get to speak because you have a penis oh my god wow isn't it like doesn't it like mess with your uh gravity center you like have to stand up with a penis how can you it's like doesn't you like pants? propel do you do it forward that? what kind of underwear how do they where does it go um, that, shit like that. That <laughs> <amazing>. <laughs> uh, this was sarcasm by the way just like 
words so you yeah. can understand listeners <laughs> uh, yeah and is that like uh, throughout your whole life will that those be still the if you, if i hadn't uh, limited uh, your most uncomfortable moment or your moment out of your comfort zone to london would you have other stuff that you have mentioned i will mm, i definitely think so because i think i've done some pretty brazen things as a kid and then since in the last six seven months alone it's just been like ah i am uncomfortable but i have to do this <laughs> or like actually i kind of want to try this uh, yeah no definitely i think there's been more moments where i've definitely been uncomfortable and forced myself to push through <laughs> as opposed to sort of i want to learn how to choose to do the uncomfortable thing as opposed to being instead of pushing myself to do it you know i just want to be like actually i'm just gonna do I that i thought you were going somewhere else because i feel like when people tell me stuff like <laughs> you, um you're brave or whatever because you moved countries because you are in a country where it's not your first language or you're doing stand-up for me it's not it's less things that i've i thought oh i'm really brave because i'm doing this it's more things that i've done because <laughs> they're part of my life they just happened as a part yeah. of my life uh but it felt like you were saying something different like you make yourself do things that are out of a comfort zone and you want to do it more naturally without making yourself do them yeah it's more so correctly. like yeah more so like i'd rather just i, I kind of want to stop being afraid to do anything <laughs> like that's a really broad sort of like i'm gonna repress my human nature <laughs> to my flight or flight nature i'm gonna repress it um but no i kind of just want to yeah just just be a lot more open i think which is what i think the, the main difference from the last time we spoke about this and now is that i think the lines between like what how you define yourself and what you do have completely sort of either blurred or dissolved for me in that sense so it's more so i'd rather do things more consciously even if they scare me yeah that's uh, great do you think that's part of growing up for sure i think so and i've still got a lot of it to do because like yeah, i'm a very baby. young <laughs> I'm, i'm surprised every time I'm i discover young. how young people are <laughs> <laughs> for the record i turned 22 in september that's very so. young I'm a baby. There's like more than a dec decade between us. <laughs> Did you think as like a kid that you'd have done all the growing up by 22? And I'm asking this because no. I so sort of thought I'd be have I would have done all the growing up by now. And I don't think I have. <laughs> I think I thought I was going to have all the growing like I would have done all the growing up by 17 and then I hit 17 and being like nah. And then I thought then oh by the time I hit 21 I'll have everything sorted and then I hit 21 being like no you got like a long way to go and i don't think i'll ever fully have grown up until like i don't know if you could put an age on it yeah. you know because i know people that are in their 40s and 50s that are absolute babies <laughs> and i think i <laughs> which is i like do think it also depends about like what you do with your life because If you have yeah, a more, sure. I will call it standard, although it's not. <laughs> But if you have like a more standard uh, life, like get married, have kids, yeah. I guess that changes a little bit uh, what you... For sure, for sure. But maybe, maybe all parents are just growing up together with their kids and feeling the yeah, same. Yeah, I feel like they are. I'm lucky I kind of get to watch that a little. Because I think my mom's the most grown up person in the house. But I also feel like sometimes my dad and I act like 12 year olds. Like we're just like, hee hee hee. And we'll cause mischief everywhere. But yeah, I think that's... 
I don't know. I don't know if I want to grow up completely. Do you know what I mean? It seems it seems weird to lose that sort of spark just to be like, I'm excited about everything all the time. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 oh man, I spent so many years thinking that being jaded was the way to go and sort of the mark of adulthood. And I sort of realized that, you know, that's kind of like it kind of sucks and that's kind of immature too. So I don't know. It's just, yeah, I kind of like being a baby. <laughs> I think I think like being excited about stuff is no one should lose that so yeah if that's like a synonym of being a grown-up i don't want to be a grown-up yeah Uh, and (laughs) i think that's also part of what taking risks and like being brave may bring because it's exciting to not know what's happening even if it's scary it's full of wonder would you change anything in your initial definition of bravery if i would ask you now after we had our conversation no i don't think so because i think definitely like sort of acting despite and acting out of fear are two completely different things and i think acting with and despite fear is as brave as you can get is that's essentially what it is it's fighting that natural instinct that is both protecting you and sometimes inhibiting you and ultimately sort of learning something new out of it because you wouldn't have learned that or gotten that or achieved that or failed at that if you didn't try or act in the first place if you have something in your like near future or in your plans that you think i will need to be brave to do this have any like, like anything objective coming up anything coming up that should say yes Ooh. i'm putting all my bravery behind this or i will really be out of yeah. my comfort zone and i'm dreading it <laughs> for sure yeah um i am working on some music so that's like something i did as a teenager just for fun and now i kind of like oh actually this could like i kind of want to do this so and, and writing music and recording music requires a lot of not just technical skill but vulnerability and it's sort of like Oh, people are gonna know my inner thoughts and feelings and what if my ex hears this and what if my mom's gonna say blah. but at the same time it's like it might help like it might help sort of process everything that's been going on and it might it's just like it's another notch on my sort of writing belt that I really want to dig like it's a, I really want to get so yeah I guess that would be the thing in my near future that and like you know being brave enough to realize that actually I don't know what I want to do with my life so let's just you know see what happens just yeah being able to embrace that I guess like the uncertainty requires that bravery. I don't know like mm-hmm. I've I had this I had thought about asking this before and now it will come out a little bit out of place <laughs> uh, because you had mentioned dating and that like you've dated uh, different people and whatever Ugh. while you were in London yeah. and, uh, and now you mentioned yeah. your ex so it jolted my memory uh, <laughs> and brought me back to dating uh, how is that now uh, not now with uh, oh coronavirus because let's not I went on a date on Sunday we just socially distanced walk throughout Victoria Park oh with our God. masks on chat so not necessarily (laughs) coronavirus time but in indonesia in indonesia um i have been happily single for the last couple of months but it's more so like i am still getting over a breakup which is it is what it is but i have like met some people that have been really interesting and it's just sort of that fun thing of like oh like my friend thinks you're cute or like oh my friend kind of wants to like my friend asked me for your number and i was like y'all don't do this to me <laughs> like right before lockdown and i was like don't tell me these things if i can't act upon them you dickheads like <laughs> something that's to look forward like. to whenever yeah for sure is. but like i've seen my friends get into relationships during like lockdown and the pandemic and i'm like all right they're good for you yeah but i'm not trying to die <laughs> 
I have like so I've uh, been away from like all the online dating apps throughout mm. lockdown. I just like came back now that is there's like some lift so I can go to parks and have dates with masks on. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that might be interesting. I'm not sure if I'll keep on doing it now. <laughs> <But> it's always <laughs> interesting. It was like an hour's conversation it's with something new. Someone. Not something. Yeah. Someone new. <laughs> something new. <laughs> uh, I'd like to finish with uh, and I did ask you this last time and I can't remember what you yeah. what you said. If you were to pick someone famous or not uh, real or fictitious uh, that you have as an example of bravery who would it oh, be that's a good one and i do not remember who and i think like it. i like to um, to drop it as like a, a curveball and not ask yeah, people before nice because finish, it will yeah. make you be more honest i guess it's like the first person yeah, that comes to mind i have two people that come to mind but i think i'm gonna go with the one just because this is where my, my brain has been at for the last couple of months um so my favorite member of one direction is louis tomlinson um and i think he To me, when I was younger, he sort of exemplified bravery for me because he always stood up for everybody else and put himself second. And then yesterday or the day before, he announced that he was parting ways with Simon Cowell's label, who they've been with for like 10 years. And now he's just venturing off to do new things on his own. And I was just like, oh my God, this guy that I've looked up to since I was like 12 is free now like he can sort of make his own choices and do whatever he wants um uh, so that's one but i think like another i'm gonna do another fictional one is yeah that that's all right, right. <laughs> do it now i'm curious because i'm a fucking nerd um i think in terms of like a fictional one it kind of i think it would have to be um avatar ang i know these are two men that i'm giving examples of um i'm sure there are many brave women that have inspired me for sure but like i think i've spent a lot of time digging back through my childhood since I've been home but yeah Avatar Aang is a huge point of bravery because he's so young and had so much responsibility on his shoulders and he was outwardly scared but saved the world anyway which I think is kind of cool. cool I don't know I, I don't know yeah. uh, the characters so I can't have I can't, can't give my opinion but now I will look <laughs> and find more about it Uh, yeah, me giving away yeah. my age again uh. <laughs> uh, it also like yeah the one direction thing and the fact that he break mm. away with his label reminded me of the uh, little spiral I've been I went on last week about Britney Spears Ooh. and the f Ooh. hashtag free Britney have you <laughs> heard oh about my God. it those TikToks freaking yes. out yes of course oh it's my like goodness comrade crazy. Britney yeah it's crazy poor it's crazy. Britney it's so freaky yeah poor Britney uh, Britney wear yellow yes. Uh, and I want to publicly say that yes, free Britney. Free Britney. Yes. Free Britney, our comrade. Um, I love all these new memes, by the way, of Britney just being like a symbol of communism. I think it's brilliant, yes. and I'm fully 100% behind it. <laughs> But yeah, I think like we have to mod modernize our symbols of communism, and Britney yeah, for is, sure. is it. For sure, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any plugs of anything coming up that you would like to plug? I am still doing the uh, PCC podcast, but now I'm on the Patreon. So I'd like to plug that if anybody wants to hear me and my co-host Jonathan spout off some nonsense about the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, my podcast has new episodes coming up because I finally have time to record and edit. Um, it's a drip town memory main. It's a very complicated, convoluted title where I take some of my friends along a journey down memory lane through our adolescence and teens in, you know, for like cultural artifacts in the 2000s and 2010s. And 
and I directed a video for Vice a couple months ago that's still out now, and uh, it's about vaginas. It's great. I will look out for that. I love videos about vaginas. This sounds creepier than Don't I wanted it to. Don't we all? Uh, <laughs> and you're are on social media. Do you want to plug that? I am at Ariane and Indita on Instagram and Twitter. Like I tweet stuff. about One Direction all the time yeah. if you need that. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to Wait be my up. guest again. And this Thank will you so go out. Thank you so much for so, having me uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm promising it here. It's recorded. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Mariana's Beats on Twitter and Instagram, where I'll post all the updates for the Dowdy Podcast. Hashtag Dowdy Pod. Do rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're so inclined, you can tip me on coffee or PayPal at, at Mariana's Beats. And before I forget again, thank you so much to Champagne for the intro music. And do come back for our next episode. Bye!